Welcome to In Strange Company. I'm your host, Marcus Strange. I believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves. On this podcast, I sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people. My guests and I share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Company. I am really grateful that you've taken the time out of your day to join us here today. I have a fantastic guest. Um, my guest today is Emily Tussoni, and Emily is a total badass. She is an expert on a, a lot of different um, areas, but I'm particularly interested in talking to her to her today about the topic of men's skincare and. That's something that for a lot of you, you may not think about, but it's something that I've been thinking more about. And so we're going to dive into that. But first, everyone, welcome to the show, Emily. Hi, Emily. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Marcus. Thanks for having me. I'm super pumped. Well, and I I should tell everybody that because of the things that are going on with uh, COVID-19, Emily and I are actually doing this through... Um, remote means we're, we're using an app called Zencaster, but we actually can't see each other, which is very weird for me. Is this weird for you? Yeah, it's a little bit weird, but we're going to roll with it. We are. We're told we're going to make lemonade out of these lemons. Um, Emily, would you just tell folks a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe where you grew up? Um, yeah, just your background, whatever you think people would be interested in knowing about you. Yeah. So Hi, hi everybody. Thanks for being here and listening in. So I grew up in North Georgia about as the crow flies about 40 miles north of the Atlanta area. And it's really like on the cusp of the country and the city. So grew up on a lot of acreage and a lot of playing in the woods and very outdoorsy and very much, I would say, created this passion for movement and fitness and health and uh, something that my parents were really focused on too in their professions and just how active we were as a family. And I actually, uh, I grew up there. I started college in Georgia and then I ended up moving to Montana when I was 19 and I changed majors from being a journalism major to athletic training, which was a passion of mine after having played sports for most of my life. And yeah, so I ended up in Missoula. Um, I did some research on some schools in Montana that had athletic training as an education option. And I literally moved to Missoula knowing not a single soul. I'd been to Montana once and I just thought, <laughs> I'm going to move to Montana and finish school and kind of spread my wings and see what happens. And yeah, I ended up finishing my bachelor's in Missoula. I became a certified athletic trainer. I ended up moving to Maryland and lived there for a year uh, right near the Delaware border and used my education. So I worked as an athletic trainer at a high school and in a PT clinic. I ended up moving back to Georgia after that to kind of figure out next steps. And I, I started a graduate program that was not the right fit. So I dropped out of that program and moved back to Montana. And I finished my graduate degree in community health in Missoula and ended up moving to Helena in 2013 after taking a job with the state health department. And so uh, my boyfriend at the time moved with me. We're now married and we still live in Helena. This is my uh, residence in Helena is the longest I've ever lived anywhere other than my parents' house. So after all that moving around, we've we've pretty much settled in Helena for the time being. And now I no longer work for the state health department. Now I'm a stay-at-home mama with our two-year-old son, Miles, and I own my own really successful Arbonne business. I love that. You and I have a lot of things um, in parallel with each other. So I, I lived for a short time in Savannah, Georgia. Oh. It was, uh, it's very fond memories of sweating my <laughs> off as a kid and my mom locking us outside and saying, don't come back until it's uh, nighttime. And uh, I actually spent uh, quite a bit of my growing up time um, in Maryland, minutes from the 
um, minutes from the Delaware border with Maryland there. So um, I didn't know that. I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's, um, did a lot of camps at University of Delaware. So yeah, kind of crazy. And then something that something that you said really caught my attention. And you said that you moved around a lot. I moved around a lot myself. And I feel like I I learned a lot of important lessons from all that moving. What do you think the well, maybe not the lesson, but what's what's the lesson that you learned from moving around so much? Mm. That's such a good question. I think so. I think one of the main lessons that I feel like I learned from moving around, but also from a lot of times going back to Georgia is that there's there are people all over, <clears throat> whether they're in your town and maybe a different part of your town or in a totally different state um, that really have the same values and desires for their family, but maybe it doesn't look the same on the outside. So really learning how to be compassionate and offer grace and kindness in all of your pursuits in life and know that we're all doing our best, I think is, I think that that's like the first thing that comes to mind that I really feel like <laughs> moving around has kind of ingrained in me that, um, you just don't know what someone is dealing with and it doesn't matter where they live or what their accent is or who their parents are, or what their background is, that everyone is doing the best they can. And our job is to just be as thoughtful of that as possible. Yeah. Mm, I love that. How has that served you in your life? That lesson? Well, I hope that it, <laughs> I hope that because of that, I, that I portray that in my interactions with people. And I know that that's not always the case. Like I'm not always hundred percent perfect at that, but I think it has served me by really being able to establish some, um, well, I would say a lot, a lot of really beautiful relationships with people. So I've lived in a lot of different places. I've moved around a lot. I have friends all over the country and in other countries because when you like go to school in so many different places and live in so many different places and work in different sectors and whatnot, you meet lots of people. And I really feel like I create uh, very meaningful relationships with people. So even if I don't talk to them on a regular basis, most of my friendships I can reconnect with and it's like no time has passed. And I know that's not the same for everyone, but I really, I feel like I'm able to hold space for most everyone, even though <laughs> that sounds like a lot, right? But I also feel like everyone that I've crossed paths paths with has had an impact on me as well. And I always mm -hmm. try and learn from what those connections can offer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I, I gained the same thing. I've lived in some pretty diverse places and definitely being able to see people where they're at and, and meeting them where they're at has been such a gift. The other thing that, that I've learned, and I'd be interested to know if you've noticed this in yourself as well, is I, I well, and what brought this up was I was talking to a friend recently and they recently moved to a new place and it was only the second or third time this person had moved in their entire life. Mm. And their comment to me was, well, you know, I'm not going to really get involved because I'm not going to be here for that long. So it doesn't matter. And I, that just like broke my heart because I've, I've lived in places for anywhere from, you know, six months to five years, six years, seven years, whatever it might be. And what I've learned from all my moving around is you can really have some incredible experiences by throwing yourself into the community, even if it's just for a short amount of time. Have you experienced something similar? Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like, so when I first moved to Montana, I had to have this really tight knit group of girlfriends, uh, from home, from Georgia. And every time I would go home, we would get together. And a lot of times there would be comments like, Oh, I, I could never do that. I could never move that far away from home. And it's, you know, so great that you've done that. And you're such an inspiration. And my thought was always, 
you could and you can. You can do anything you want to do. And wherever you land, you just create the reality you want and you create the community that you desire. You find the things that you want to be invested in and that you want to be connected to. And you create that for yourself. And it doesn't matter, just like you're saying, it doesn't matter if you're there for six months or five years or 10 years. Like your community is what you make of it and your experience is what you make of it. And I realize that also has to take into account what people have access to and what their resources are. But I do truly believe that what we have control of is our mindset and what we put our energy toward. And you can create whatever you want from wherever you are in most circumstances. Yeah, that is powerful. And I think you hit the nail right on the head. With that being said, and talking about creating what you want. Um, you've created an incredible business and I'm, I'm always impressed when I hear about, um, either from you or from Anna, you know, how you're running your business. I'm super impressed with your business, but I'm wondering if you could kind of fill in some of the backstory of why did you start your Arbon business? And yeah, like, what was the motivation behind that? Like, why, why go that route when you, you, you know, you have these degrees in, you know, sports medicine and in health and wellness, and you're working for the state, why, why start your own business and step away from that? Oh man, so many answers to that. So I will. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, thank you for your kind words. I really appreciate all of that. And, um, I'll say, so it was multifaceted, but I first got, I was first like introduced to Arbonne products in graduate school and, I have had really terrible cystic acne most of my life. And so the reality for me was uh, there's a lot of information on the internet and memes and whatnot of people talking about how women shouldn't have to feel like they should wear makeup and, you know, to post a makeup free selfie. And for me, um, and this was even pr prior to social media, my confidence was really wrapped up in the fact that I had terrible, very painful and very visible acne. And it really impacted my confidence from as far back as I can remember. Like I think around 12 to 13 years old is when I started having acne. And it just, I took all the medications, all the prescriptions, I did all the things and it would never get better for long enough for me to feel reprieve. I just always was so self-conscious of my face. And and it was very painful. So like I struggled with that all my life. So in graduate school, when I was living back in Missoula, I got invited to an Arbonne party and I went and I was very judgy and very skeptical, but the, the ingredient policy of the products really stuck out to me because I was really looking to switch to a more natural yet effective product because all the pharmaceuticals I had been taking at that point for 15 years were not working. So I started using the products. I finished my graduate degree. I moved to Helena, got my job at the health department. And the reality for me as an early 30, I guess I was 29 at the time, I wasn't even 30 yet. I started making annually at the health department uh, less than what I owed in student loans for my master's degree. And I knew mm -hmm. I was gonna have to pay my student loans back. That was not a question, but I also felt really jaded by the fact that I had worked really hard and now I was in this job that was very professional and using my degrees but how was I ever going to not be in debt and how, so something that's really important to me is also doing things to impact my community, like working with nonprofits and being a financial contributor. And I wasn't really able to do that. And I was on a nonprofit board, the YWCA Helena uh, on their board. And I just kept really getting smacked in the face with like the resource of time to donate to, to organizations is a really fabulous thing. However, if there are not enough financial resources for nonprofits to do what they're there to do, it's always a struggle and it's always stressful. And it's hard to do well at anything in life when stress is the norm, right? And that, I mean, obviously yeah. that's something that we're dealing with right now. Everyone is, is like really confronted with how stress can affect every part of your life. And that is the same in every sector. And a lot of times stress is there all the time. So I honestly, like it was in the back of my mind for probably that first year that I lived here in Helena of maybe I could do that crazy Arbonne thing. And then I'd be like, no way, <laughs> like no way. <laughs> I have a very professional job. Like what will my friends and family think of me? I just finished graduate school. I'm like, I'm doing 
what you're supposed to do. But I just kept feeling really, really sad about the fact that I wasn't, I wasn't sure how I could contribute in my community and also get out of debt. So a good, a good friend of mine hosted an Arbonne party. It was near the end of the year, uh, 2013. So I'd been living here almost a year. She hosted a party. I went, and at that point, just with more information, I decided I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to try this business. And initially I thought I'll do it to make enough money. I'll do like enough to make enough money so I can pay my student loans monthly. And, you know, I did it part-time on top of working my full-time job and doing a lot of work for YWC on their board, running a committee and planning our wedding. And yeah, it was, (laughs) I always tell people, even though we didn't have children yet, it was still like my schedule was very full and that's the reality for most people, right? We use all the hours of our day in the ways that are priorities to us. And my schedule was the same. All my priorities were still there. I just fit Arbon into all of that. And within 13 months, I had replaced my full-time income with my part-time Arbon business. And, and it gave me the opportunity to have a bigger vision of like, oh my gosh, if I can do that with pretty limited hours and dedicated work, what more can I do? And I continued to work at the health department for about eight more months. I finished working on some concussion legislation with some other partners at the health department. And then I ended up leaving my job. Not everyone that has an Arbonne business leaves their full-time job, uh, but it was it was the right move for me and for our family. And now, I don't know, what is it? Four and a half years since leaving that job. So I've owned my Arbonne business for six and a half years almost. And um, I, I truly can't imagine what my life would look like if I had stayed at the health department. And I feel like I should also say, cause I'm sure some of my previous coworkers are listening. I'm still friends with most of the people I worked with. I had an amazing supervisor. I did not have a bad work environment. I just didn't want to be at a cubicle forever. And the other piece of that is Arbonne has allowed me a different way to offer health to people. It's a way that's very um, non-traditional compared to what I went to school to do, but I still get to offer and empower people in their health journeys in a very different way. Mm. So for people that are not familiar, can you give us a little background on what Arbonne is? Yeah. So we're a 40-year-old network marketing company, and we started with skincare, and now we are skincare, cosmetics, nutrition products with a 30-day nutrition program focused on health and like long-term lifestyle changes around food and what else? Personal care products. So we have over 250 products in the catalog. And the main thing that was really gripping to me initially was our ingredient policy. So currently we ban over 2000 ingredients from being used in the production of any of those products. So that means we're vegan certified, cruelty-free, gluten, soy, dairy, GMO-free. We're a certified B corporation. We have a really um, phenomenal new partnership with TerraCycle to recycle our packaging and whatnot that's not necessarily easily recyclable otherwise. We are a sustainable company as far as we continue to work on our sustainability practices and improve on those at any uh, opportunity. So we really focus on the health of the planet and of people over profit. And that's something that Arbonne has really done since starting in 1980, 40 years ago, but continuing to expand on that as we have continued resources to do that. So I think one of the things that people are probably feeling right now who aren't familiar with this and I bring this up because it was one of my initial reactions is what do you say to people about the stigma around quote unquote, multi-level marketing or direct to consumer marketing businesses? That was a big holdup for me for a long time, but I, I, some of the things you shared with me and with Anna, um, helped me get over that. So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty normal hesitation that people have. And to be honest, it was one of the things that I was most skeptical about. So I've actually done quite a bit of research on being able to explain to people what makes us a legitimate business as opposed to what most people would 
what most people think all multi-level marketing is in regards to a pyramid scheme. So we are um, basically, we're part of the direct selling association, which is not easily, that's not something that you can do if you are structured in an illegal way. So I always encourage people to look into the direct selling association to educate themselves on the specifics of what that means. But basically how network marketing, multi-level marketing, direct sales work is that we just cut out all of the steps that usually incur the most cost. So usually a product is produced somewhere and in a traditional retail chain, there's a warehouser and a wholesaler and advertising cost and the retail force. And then the product hits your hand. So if it's a nutrition supplement or a skincare product, you're looking at anywhere from six months to a year minimum that the product has been uh, being shipped or being in in that process that I just mentioned. So you usually get a subpar product with lots of preservatives in it and not the highest integrity of ingredients, <clears throat> but you're paying for all the steps along the way. And specifically advertising costs are usually the highest. So in network marketing, multi-level marketing, direct sales, we cut out all of those middle pieces and the consultants become word of mouth advertising. So basically in Arbonne specifically, our products are produced by Arbonne. And then myself and other consultants advertise that just like anyone that would advertise. Um, I guess the example I always use is if you have a, a stylist, a hairstylist that you love, you tell your friends about that stylist. I got this really great cut. She's awesome. She does this great head and scalp massage. And then your friends are likely to book an appointment with your stylist and go and they they are supporting that stylist. And more likely than not, your stylist is not going to give you a commission kickback for sharing about their business. Maybe they do, maybe they offer you a discount, but the way this works is I get paid for sharing why I love Arbonne's products. And then I teach and train my business partners to do what I do. And the products then ship directly and all of that from the manufacturer, which, which is Arbonne to the consumer. So the other piece of how Arbonne works specifically is I don't stock any products. So my customers do get the freshest product off the production line without the preservatives that you would see in normal products in, a, in like a normal retail chain. And then the other piece about how Arbonne works specifically is we are compensated on our sales. So it's just like GNC or Sephora or Ulta. If you go in there and somebody helps you find the products you're looking for, they get a commission off of that. And that's how retail works. And that's how Arbonne works. We're just a different form of retail. So when people purchase stuff from me, I make a commission off of that. Um, and that's that's how we're paid. We're not paid on how many people you recruited. It's off of, of sales, which is just like any other retail entity. And most recently, I use the explanation of if you are a brand ambassador for any sort of company and you are promoting products and you get a discount, you're basically doing what I do in Arbonne, only you're not getting a paycheck for it. If you're promoting products and throwing them out there on Instagram or Facebook, um, you are legitimately um, marketing to your network. You're just not getting paid for it. And most people are shifting to online purchasing of stuff, especially right now, but even previous to everything that's going on with COVID-19, most people are looking for a way to shop online and to shop for healthier product options in all aspects of their life. And Arbonne offers all of that, just like Amazon, right? Like just like people that order from Amazon, it ships directly to your door. You have a return policy. It's the same for us. So I think there are lots of little pieces there about it that I like to hit on. I know that's that's a lot of like little tidbits of info, but really it is there. There is stigma there for a reason because the network marketing world has not always been regulated as stringently as it should be. Now it is. And because Arbonne is 40 years old and because we just became certified as a B Corp, I continue to tell people, if you think we're an illegitimate company, I really encourage you to look into those pieces and know that you can't get certified as a B Corp if you're not a legal operating entity and you can't be a part of the direct selling association for the same reasons. So I think it's just continual education to help people see the difference between what my specific company looks like compared to those that don't follow those appropriate regulations. Yeah, that's a great summary. And I, um, I was involved with another direct to consumer company um, direct marketing company 
probably like a, a year or so after we first moved to Helena and then kind of, that was a very short lived experience in my life. Yeah. But between that time and the time that we did the 30 day, is it, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Is it the 30 day challenge? Um, the 30 days to healthy living program. Yep. The 30 days to healthy living program. In between that time, I started um, being a a rep for a lot of um, uh, like outdoor industry companies. And so in that sphere, that's a very normal, normal thing. All those companies have um, staff that they give a, that they give discounted product to and that you then promote them online. And so in between those two periods, I had this outside experience. And then when um, my wife, Anna was introduced to Arbonne through you, and then we started doing um, those, that 30 days, it was, it was much easier for me because I had a point of reference. And so I really appreciate you just going through that with everybody, because I think it will help inform their understanding of what we're talking about for the rest of this conversation. So thank you for laying that all out. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what was so amazing to me was we did, um, that 30 day challenge and both of us had different goals and both of us came away from it with different things. For me, what I came away from, I discovered that I have a uh, gluten intolerance. Nothing severe. I can still definitely down a pizza if it strikes me. But I now know that that I'm going to be very uh, sick for the next couple of days. That I'm not going to feel well. And if I, I and I just was living like that for years, not understanding why I just didn't feel great. Um, and there were no kind of breaks. So it's just my new normal. And then after we did that 30 day challenge, I was like, Oh, shoot, like, I feel way better. I feel totally different. There's something going on here. And just through the process of slowly reintroducing different things, um, I was able to identify that. Um, what, what benefits have you seen in your life? from the products and the, the skincare line, have you, have you noticed some major changes for the better in your life? Oh man, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just lobbing them out there. Cliche, right? Like that's a cliche answer, but, um, but yeah, so, so here's the first thing I, I tell people when they ask me this question is I could not promote the products if I had not had a positive experience with them myself. So I truly am, a walking billboard for how the products work. I initially started my business because of our skincare products. And then once I realized we had nutrition, so funny, I didn't even know we had nutrition products when I started. But anyway, I started because of the skincare and it took a little while for me to find the right mixture of our products to really uh, attend to my acne and skincare struggles, but it has completely changed my skin. And also what I got from, from how Arbon works and the, the products that we have is the realization of the skincare started to help my skin. Then I did our 30 days to healthy living program myself as someone who was already buying local and organic. And I didn't eat dairy because I have a pretty significant allergy to dairy that, that really impacts my cystic acne for the negative, but also other aspects of my health. So I was already somebody that was you know, really focused on health and nutrition and how to eat well and all of those things. So I was so skeptical, even though I had already signed up as a consultant of our 30 day program, but I did it because I didn't feel like, obviously I didn't want to promote the products without having tried it myself. And what I found in doing that was it wasn't just dairy that affected my cystic acne. It was also gluten and processed sugar. And it doesn't mean like you're saying, it doesn't mean that I don't so I don't, I do my best to never eat gluten or dairy because I have pretty significant reactions to those that make me really sick and uncomfortable. And I won't go into details, but, um, and then processed sugar is probably the hardest for me to be totally honest, but it is information that has helped me in, in the realization that what is happening in my gut is broadcast on my skin. So now that I have really focused on gut health and 
really healthy skincare. My skin is the best probably it's been since I was like 10 years old. And I really cannot exaggerate enough that that is real life for me. I have a pretty drastic before and after picture of what my skin looked like just a few years ago while I was really, really trying to find the right mix of our products and and getting my gut health in order. So for me, I love all of our products, but I am most passionate about our 30 days to healthy living because it's not just about your skincare, right? It's also about how you sleep at night. And if you have aches and pains and how this can help, if you have mental fog and fatigue and no energy, all of those things can be addressed with our 30 day program on top of skincare. So for me, our 30 day program and all the products that are involved with that and the, the lifestyle habit changes that come and then our skincare, those things have really changed. I'd like, I know how cliche this sounds people, but it's like, <laughs> changed my life and really given me a, a platform to share the confidence that I have gained by I mean, honestly, clearing up my skin and focusing on my health, I feel like I um, can really speak to all of those things with more clarity now because it has taken me so much time to, to find this level of, I don't want to say balance, but homeostasis for myself, I guess. Yeah. And, th and that was something that I was really um, educated on during this whole process of doing the 30-day program. And um, that I've carried on, I've really made a concerted effort to read more labels and think more intentionally about what is in the things that I'm consuming because I, and, and we're here today to talk about skincare. So this is a perfect segue. Actually, I noticed a big difference in my, um, acne. I, <laughs> I joke that uh, it was a cruel prank to tell me growing up that, oh, don't worry, your acne will go away when you're an adult, because that is definitely not true. Not true. <laughs> no, not true at all. And um, yeah, so noticing, you know, like how different foods affect my skin and my gut and how that all plays in together was really empowering and was very educational. I'm wondering if you can expound a little bit more and we, I mean, that we could do months of information on this, but maybe in like the two minute summary of like, how does what you consume affect your skin? Oh man. So I'll just focus people don't think right about here. that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. So, uh, two minute summary. Okay. <laughs> Basically <laughs> your gut is your second brain. And what is happening in your gut directly affects every other, every other process of your body. Your skin is your largest organ. And it's also, so it's the initial line of defense in immunity. So in your immune function, your skin is always fighting things off, whether it's environmental or viruses or bacteria. Um, and so the healthier your gut is, the better the rest of your systems function. So if you have skin issues, you can usually look to your gut as a place to start, which sounds so counterintuitive to how most, most people think about skin health, right? Like, of course, at the surface, you want to take care of your skin, but your skin is an organ. It's a living, breathing organ, right? Just like the rest of your bodily organs. And once something is on your skin, it takes about 26 seconds and feel free to look it up and, you know, fact check me here. It takes about 26 seconds before it gets into your bloodstream and then it's coursing through your entire body. So if you are putting products on your skin on a daily basis that are loaded with toxic and harmful chemicals that do not serve you, that detract from your health, your body is always fighting to try and push those out, which means your body cannot effectively and most efficiently do the rest of the processes that it needs to do for your health and for just basic function. So once you figure out the appropriate skincare to use that has ingredients that are botanically based, scientifically tested, no mineral oil or other petroleum byproducts. And again, we ban over 2000 ingredients. So you can go look at what that includes. But once you have skincare that works and you get your gut health in check, which again is what our 30 days to healthy living and our skincare pairs together, then you get health from the inside out because your gut produces at least 70% of serotonin, 
which is your happy hormone. And again, go go like research this Google at your fingertips and and like that's just the facts. And serotonin is your happy hormone and hormone production is then a cascading effect. So if it's off because your gut health is off, other things are impacted as well. And I won't go into all the physiology of that, but just know that you get your gut in check based off of what you're consuming and find the products that work, the products and the food that work for you. Cause everyone is a little different. I don't eat gluten or dairy. Marcus knows that gluten gives him some struggles. That doesn't mean that's going to be the case for you or other people, you know, but you figure all of those things out for yourself through a 30 day program. And then you include healthy skincare and personal care products. And you really are investing in your health for the long term with true primary prevention, which is what my educational background was in. How do you help people invest in primary prevention when there's nothing wrong to begin with? <laughs> it's hard to really get people into the primary prevention door, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What are so I'm I'm thinking here for a lot of us, um, it's it's kind of easy to know what not to eat once we start, you know, eliminating some things and we start experimenting. You can you can tell pretty quickly, like, oh, you know, that that isn't serving me the way I want it to, so I shouldn't consume this. But what are some things if people and I'm I'm thinking specifically about overall skincare, what are some things people should consume for healthier skin? Definitely a probiotic, like totally a probiotic, which again is a part of our program. And then we also have a hyaluronic acid supplement. So we're a vegan company. We don't do collagen because that is an animal byproduct, but hyaluronic acid is the building block for collagen. So we have both of those supplements, which again, if like you can get that stuff um, in different, you can get it at other places, but you can also make sure that you're getting the cleanest, healthiest, in my opinion, the cleanest and healthiest version of it through our supplement products. Um, but I would say a probiotic and that some sort of collagen or hyaluronic acid supplement. Um, trying to think if there's any, those would be probably my top two to start seeing differences in your skin health paired with good skincare. Do you know off the top of your head, I've heard some people say at different times that things like um, flaxseed oil or fish oil supplements or MCT oils are beneficial. Is that something you've heard as well? Yes. Um, thank you for that reminder. So we also have an omega-3 supplement, which is flaxseed based instead of, again, since we're vegan, um, it's not fish oil. And that can also assist in overall skin health. So when you pair all that stuff together. And of course, you're still eating real food. Like I really want people to know that the way this program is set up, you're still going to eat real food. You use our products as supplements, which is what what a supplement is for. It supplements what you're already consuming from real food, but you're focusing on what real food serves you the best and then how can you supplement what you're eating with the right things to continue that homeostasis for yourself. Yeah. And I, whenever I talk to people about supplements or vitamins or different things, I, I can't emphasize enough that the key word there is supplement. It's meant mm -hmm. to be a supplement for something that you're not getting in your normal diet. And that yeah. if you're not trying to get as much of what your body needs through, you know, the healthiest, most natural sources of food, then you can take all the supplements you want and you're essentially just flushing your money down the toilet because you can't eat McDonald's and then drink a protein shake and expect that protein shake is going to replace the, the negative effect of, you know, the two big Macs you just downed. And yeah, I, I've got my hands in the air, Marcus. I'm doing a little, <laughs> a little dance. Yeah. A little high five through the computer. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So we've, we've talked about like the first, step everybody should do is get their gut health in check. Um, is there anything else that you want to throw on to that topic before we go to the second part of healthy skin? I mean, truly I could talk about gut health for days, so we'll just leave it at that for now. And then, yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have you back on to do a deep dive into gut health. <laughs> Deal. Um, so 
the second thing, and this has been this has been the part of the the Arbon products that I've really been consistent with and continued, and I've noticed a, a massive um, net positive effect in my life has been the stuff that I'm putting on my skin. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I'm going to generalize here, but I think that typically or generally speaking, because like from the time they're little through that the end of their days, women are marketed to from skincare companies ad nauseum, like all the time, everywhere you see it, there, there is an ad. And so I feel like at least generally speaking, women have kind of this basic understanding of some rudimentary skincare practices. Now, whether or not the products they're using are effective or not, I think you and I could probably um, find, you know, some negatives there, but I don't see the same thing for guys. And, and that's really what in the, the last little bit here that I have with you, I want to dive into is um, I didn't realize, you know, how much love my skin needed until my wife said, hey, you should try this. Um, I don't even remember what product it was, but it was one of the products from you. And I just remember like putting it on and then a little while later, like, holy crap, like <laughs> my has never felt that that good. What is in this stuff? I just never thought about it. I never thought about the benefits of taking care of my skin just because no one had ever told me that it was something that guys could do or should do. Um, would you be willing to dive a little bit into what you have to offer as far as men's skincare and the importance of guys taking care of their skin? Yes. So we have, we have a complete men's skincare line, which to be honest, the product I sell the most from to from the men's skincare line to men is the eye repair cream, which is really interesting to me. I would have never thought that previous to doing this business that men would be so thoughtful of wrinkles around their eyes, but they are. So the men's skincare line has a cleanser and a shave cream and an aftershave and a soap, a charcoal soap bar. There's a, a daily moisturizer with SPF and then the eye repair cream. And I know for a lot of men, because what you're saying is true, right? Like, and this could also be part of the conversation of women are marketed to all the time that beauty is a part of how they look, which is, is a, uh, a mistruth that I really work hard against because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I truly believe that. And it's not just what is happening on your skin. It's what your heart looks like. But I will also say your skin is a really important organ and taking care of it with healthy skincare is important. And having skin that is healthy can also improve your confidence where, and again, I like turn back to myself for that. Like once I was able to get my acne under control, which was a part of a whole health analysis, it has improved my own personal confidence. So that being said, Men are not marketed to like that. And in fact, I think there's negative marketing to men around using skincare, especially in our society here in the States. I actually have quite a few male customers. I'll never forget. I met a man on a plane who is Lebanese American. And this is a few years ago. We exchanged business cards about something totally unrelated. And he ended up following up with me. We have a really good friendship now, but following up with me and saying, in Lebanese culture, men are very manicured and I want to use your skincare. And at the time, our men's skincare line was not as robust as it is now. So he ended up buying the whole skincare line from the quote unquote women's section of our catalog and loves it. And it was a good, it was a good reminder for me that men are walking around with their largest organ as their skin as well and making sure to to offer the fact that we have skincare for men and there's nothing wrong with caring for your skin like you care for your beard. <laughs> if you're using lots of products on your beard or on your hair, why would you not also take care of your largest organ that again is the first line of immune defense for your entire body? Like you want to take care of that just like you would any other vital organ because it is a vital organ. So um, we have a men's skincare line. All of our products have a 45 day money back guarantee. So I also always tell people, you know, if it doesn't end up being the right product line for you, or for some reason you decide you just don't want it, you have that return option, just like you would if you ordered something off of Amazon. And I think, I think that gives people specifically men, but women as well, 
it makes them feel a little bit better that they can like try it in private and see how it works for their skin and usually get feedback from their partner if they have a partner um, and then just go from there with whether or not they want to continue it. But most men have the same response as you. They use the products, whether it's doing a foot soak and scrubbing their feet or trying the products on their face. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my gosh, my skin is so soft and it feels so good. <laughs> Why did I not try this sooner? <laughs> that is the legit, the pretty standard response for men when they use the products. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, you know, um, struggled with, struggled with adult acne, nothing, you know, super painful or bad, but just like not, not loving the way my skin was, was looking, but then also just like feeling like having my skin feel irritated and cracked and all these different things that I just thought were like, well, that's just a function of getting old. Mm -hmm. Um, and I loved, I loved something that you said because it, it tied into the reason why I wanted to have you on and, and talk about this is this is not about trying to achieve some kind of beauty standard. This is about living a full, happy and healthy life and, and functioning, having our bodies function at their highest capacity. And I love you're saying about if we're not taking care of our biggest organ, you know, guys will spend hundreds of dollars on gym equipment and gym memberships and supplements and all these different things. But at the end of the day, we're neglecting something that is so crucially important to our health. And I don't know, it, it, it was a good reminder to me um, of what I was neglecting once I tried it for the first time. And I, I, like your friend, have now mixed in some of the women's line and I'm seeing some really positive things from that. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering like if, if men are are listening and they're they're wanting to get going and try and, and start taking better care of their skin, what's a good place for them to start? So what I always tell people is a routine is going to be individualized for each person. And I normally try and literally consult people on what they're looking for. So if they're specifically looking for I just want to take better care. I'll walk them through a few product recommendations. So basically I'll do an individual consultation with each person, figure out what they want to do, figure out what their price point budget looks like, and then help them build the right combination of products. Because we, like I say, we do have a specific men's line, but there are other products that can be incorporated into that depending on what the overall goal is. So everyone is going to be a little bit different, but that's the beauty of having somebody that has used the products for years and has heard testimonies from people for six and a half years is I can really help people build the right set of products together for what they want to achieve. I love that. Yeah. Everybody is so different. What's so you said your, your under eye cream is probably your number one selling. What other ones are really popular? In the men's line or just generally in the catalog? In, in the men's line, you know, I'm just thinking about like the, the products I use the most are um, the under eye cream for sure, the face scrub, and I use the um, the daily SPF product. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Yeah, the anti-aging moisturizer. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I would say that one, the anti-aging moisturizer with the 15 SPF and the eye cream are really my top two selling products for men. And what I have found is most men don't want to use a lot of products, which is fine. So I usually point them to start there, like start with a moisturizer, start with an eye cream, having a cleanser is really great as well. Nothing. I mean, you use body wash and you use shampoo and conditioner. Why would you not also wash your face <laughs> with, yeah. with a different wash, but not everyone's ready to do that. So again, I think working with each person individually on the products that they will actually use. Cause the other piece is I don't want to sell products to somebody if they're not going to use them. I, I don't mm -hmm. want them to spend money on a product that's just going to sit in their bathroom. So whatever they're actually ready to start using. And then of course they can always add products on from there should they so desire. But starting with the moisturizer and the eye cream is a really great place to begin so that they can start to see the benefits of what the products have to offer. And should we be thinking about different products for different times of the day? Like, should I be using different stuff in the morning than what I use at night? 
what are your thoughts on that? Again, it depends on what products you're using, but typically I have people not use the day moisturizer at night only because it has SPF in it and you don't need that as a nighttime cream. So if somebody's looking for like really looking to moisturize their skin, I will, there are some other options that I can offer specifically to men for a nighttime moisturizer, <laughs> but uh, that's always hit or miss as to whether or not they're ready to incorporate that. So <laughs> like just starting with where they're ready and, and yeah, building it from there, but definitely you can use different products throughout the day and at different times of the day. But I really want, it's more important to me that people are using healthy skincare. So figuring out what they will use is my main, my main goal. Excellent. Yeah. I think the, the best routine is one that you can stick with. So yep. you don't want to jump into something you're not willing to commit to. Um, and again, I think I've said this at some point, like I am, I am purely a end product user of the Arbonne products and I've had great success with them. And Emily is a wealth of knowledge. So that's why I wanted to have her on and, and talk about these products specifically. But as long as you are, um, as long as you are thinking about what you're putting on your skin, you're thinking about the, the products that or sorry, the components in the products, um, get started somewhere. Um, obviously like I would encourage you to look at the Arbonne products and hit Emily up for some advice, but something is better than nothing. Um, Emily, you mentioned some, some really negative, uh, components of different skincare products. You mentioned petroleum based products, you mentioned mineral oil. What were yep. some of the other ones that people should definitely avoid? So any paraben phthalates, formaldehyde. Mineral oil is a byproduct of crude oil production. So mineral oil is actually a petroleum-based product. And honestly, mineral oil is in about 96% of skincare products. And it's also in food products. So legitimately, I always say to people, even if you decide Arbonne products are not for you, please start checking your labels. And just because it has an ingredient on it that you can't necessarily pronounce doesn't mean that's not a botanical base of a product. So it could be the organic chemistry name of an ingredient uh, from a botanical base. So again, mineral oil, formaldehyde, parabens, phthalates, any animal byproducts. So I always explain this to people as if you're using a product that's not vegan, certified and cruelty free, and that doesn't mean you have to not eat meat. It means the rendered animal fat that is used again in 96% of your skincare products is the, the carcinogenic byproduct of the rendering process. If you have a neighbor who has goats and they, you know, take care of their goats and they milk their goats and then they turn that into hand soap or hand lotion, like that's a different story. But mainstream production that uses rendered animal byproducts, that is a, a toxic ingredient for your overall health. So I think. There's a long list of things to look at, but those are kind of the highlights for me. The mineral oil was huge. When I when I like realized that mineral oil was not a positive thing, I was like, oh my God, it's in everything. It is literally in everything. And if you use a lotion of some kind that you feel like never rubs in, like you're just trying to rub it in and rub it in, it's like stuck on the surface of your hands, check your ingredients, mineral oil, petroleum, petrolatum, all of those are byproducts of crude oil production that then become uh, a preservative. And so the oil industries can make another profit off of selling this toxic byproduct to skincare companies. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a really, um, opening experience the other day. Uh, and I'll, I'll just say that one of the reasons that I've continued to use the men's skincare line from Arbonne is that I've done that research and it is so hard to find products, like you were saying, that don't have those chemicals in them. There was a, um, a well-known celebrity, I'll just leave it at that, who announced that he was coming out with a skincare line. And I really respect this person and generally speaking, trust them on a lot of things. And I thought, yes, like here is, you know, someone that I respect and they're doing this and that's fantastic. And I'm excited to try this out. And I went and looked at the line 
and every single thing had some kind of petroleum based product in it as mm -hmm. just a um like a trace uh component of the the product but as a uh fully like one of the top three elements of the whatever the lotion the hair care whatever it was it was you know it was a big component of of that product and i was just so disappointed um but i've had that experience so many times and that's why honestly i've stuck with the skin the men's skincare line because i i'm confident in it i can trust it and i haven't found anything that matches it yes but it was it was very it was very disheartening because i was like man you should know better come on but I think that's the that's the struggle is it makes it cheaper to produce, which makes it look cheaper. It makes it less expensive on the shelf without the mm -hmm. realization to most consumers that it it is a cheaper ingredient list and a lot of times <laughs> a toxic list. And I'll just add just to throw this in there, the FDA in the United States. So this is this was part of what really gripped me as a public health person and a health person in general. The FDA passed a law in 1938 that lined out the things that should not be used in the production of skincare, personal care, and cosmetic products within the United States, like as our baseline regulatory standard. And it has not been updated since then. So oh, wow. there, yeah, it's there's only about 11 to 30 ingredients, depending on the category that you're looking at, that have been banned from being used in the production of those products, which is why it's so um amazing that Arbonne bans over 2000 ingredients. So that's that's where that real like that's what really stuck out to me that like the FDA for all sorts of reasons that I won't go into just does not see that as a top priority. So that's why your skincare options, your personal care options, your cosmetic options here in the United States maybe have subpar ingredient integrity because there's no one holding them to a higher standard. Mm. That's a little scary. Yes. Uh, again, something that I could talk about for a long time is like the importance of policy and regulations, smart regulations to make sure that, you know, our health as Americans is top priority and that it's not just about what profit looks like for companies that are churning out products that we definitely will be using. You know, we we assume that it will be regulated in a way that our safety is top priority, but that is not always the case. Yeah. Wow. Emily, thank you so much for all of your insights and for coming on and, and uh, teaching us some things. I feel like I learned a lot today and I hope that not just the men listening, but everybody listening takes something away. Um, I do have, as I do at the end of every episode, some rapid fire questions for you if, uh, if you're ready. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you want to real quick before we dive into these, because they're definitely going to take us down a rabbit hole. Do you have anything else you want to add on about anything we talked about? The only thing I would say is if you've been introduced to Arbonne before, reach out to the consultant that you first connected with and ask them for more information. And if this is the first time you're hearing about Arbonne, I would love to connect with you, but I would also love for you to support the consultant that you first connected with if you're intrigued. That's a great reminder. Um, I'll be sure to drop your contact info into the show notes so people can hit you up on social media and connect with you via email if if that's something you're comfortable with. But what's a good way for people to contact you specifically if this is their first time? Yeah, so I'm on on Facebook and Instagram, so you can always find me on there, Emily Tassoni, or you can email me and I yeah, I'll give that information to you, Marcus, to put up. Awesome. Cool. So everybody, as she said, reach out to your friends who may be, you know, owning their own Arbon business, if this is something that you're interested in learning more about, or reach out to Emily and she can tell you more about gut health. <laughs> yes. So these are totally rapid fire. There's no right or wrong answer. Just uh, whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is probably the right answer. So, okay, here's the first one. Your house has to be one color for the rest of your life. What color are you picking? Green. You have to fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Um, uh, 
a hundred duck sized right duck sized horses. Yep. <laughs> Uh, you can hear, uh, so any species of animal like dog, cat, deer, turtle, whatever, you can hear that animal speak. What animal do you want to hear? Cicada. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I know the answer to this one, but are you a, a wine or beer person? Wine. If I gave you $10,000 right now, what would you do with it? Hmm. I would put it toward my remaining student loan. Good answer. That's what I would do. Uh, what's your most used emoji? The emoji that has three little hearts around the face. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't see people using that too often. I love that one. Uh, what's something new you want to try? Ugh. What is something new I want to try? That is, you know, it's always on my mind and kind of a scary thought, but skydiving is definitely still something I haven't ruled out. Oh, my mom just did that and she absolutely loved it. So. I, I think I would love it. So, but I also feel real nervous about it. So it's a healthy mixture of, <laughs> of both right now. Uh, speaking of being nervous, who would you want to back you up in a bar fight? Tom Hardy. Oh, you know, he he has come up before. That's a popular one, actually. Uh, Justin Bieber or Nicki Minaj, you can only listen to one of those two artists for the rest of your life. Which one is it? Nicki Minaj. Mm. <laughs> better, much better dance beats. Yes. What's one book everybody should read? The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Are you a DC comic person or a Marvel comic person? Uh, is the right answer that I don't know really the difference between the two? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a perfectly acceptable answer. Uh, Superman or Captain America? Uh, Superman. Okay, so you're DC. Okay. Now you know how to answer that question in the future. Um, if you could have one thing be free forever, what would that one thing be? Healthcare. <laughs> would you rather be stuck in Jumanji or Jurassic Park for the rest of your life? Oh, Jurassic Park. I, yeah, that would be my choice too. <laughs> uh, pancakes or waffles, gluten-free naturally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, waffles. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the most played song in your playlist right now? Uh, <laughs> probably Work Bitch by Britney Spears. <laughs> Ooh, throwing it back. I like it. <laughs> it's such a great workout tune, so <laughs> I listen to it a lot. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. I got a couple more for you here. Who is someone besides yourself and me who people should follow on social media? Mm. There's an Instagram. Uh, so it's a, a collective of people. It's called the happy givers. The happy That's givers. Are you, is it, are you saying givers with a V like Victor? Yep. G-I-V-E-R-S. Okay. Why should, uh, why should people check them out? Um, because they really show, hmm, what's the best way to say this in a acceptable way? Um, <laughs> so why I like them is I feel like they show that Jesus was all about, um, not socialism, but showing compassion and kindness and love to everyone, no matter their circumstances, no matter their socioeconomic status, no matter any piece of them that it's all about their heart and soul. And I love that they on their Instagram page really promote that that is the importance of humanity is connecting with other people for who they are, not what we see of them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. 
Cool. Uh, guys, I'll put that in the show notes as well so you can find it e- more easily. Okay, final two questions for you. What is one thing that you need to do in your life to take it to the next level? Like what, what would be that next step up for Emily? <laughs> to have reliable childcare for a few days a week so that <laughs> I can rejuvenate myself. So my kid has interactions with other adults and other kids and then I can take my business to the next level with more focused intention. Mm. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the, the final question that I have for you. What does it mean to you to live an authentic life? I think to use your strengths, but also identify your weaknesses for empowering others to see their own potential. Mm. I love that. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Well, Emily, thank you again so much for taking the time out. I appreciate you working around my crazy schedule and your son's nap time, which is so important. Um, So important. (laughs) So, so important. I'm going to go take a nap here. I'm going to curl up on the couch here and just crash for a little bit. So I can totally relate. Um, but before I let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and I'd love if there is something for you to be able to share it before I let you go. I think I just want to remind everyone that you have to take care of yourself before you can really take care of others and whatever way that looks like, find the ways that work for you to care for yourself, not only during this crazy time, in our lives, but also in your day-to-day life, like figure out how you can best care for yourself, whatever that means. And know that when you have cared for yourself, you can offer so much more of your gifts and talents to those that you come in contact with. Mm. Thank you, Emily. That's a perfect note to end on guys on that note, check out Emily. Um, Definitely hit her up if you have questions. And I just want to say, as we wrap up here, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for keeping us company today. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks, Emily. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.